you know, you look at Mackenzie Milton, and I know off air you had mentioned my top five quarterback list. The only reason I didn't have him in the top five and a few other guys um, to me was because I, I, I wanted to put some respect on Jordan Travis's name. I'm not going to necessarily count him out from being, you know, the starter as well. I think, you know, both of those guys can help elevate each other's game. Obviously, McKenzie was a 4,000-yard passer before he got before he got injured when he was at uh, UCF. Um, but I, I think they can help the room. I think that's going to be a great addition to that team and obviously the leadership role that he's going to bring. But, you know, I, I think Coach Novell did the best thing by getting some some veteran pedigree guys that have already already tasted success at their in their own right at different schools. You look at, uh, I think, Jermaine Johnson, the, the defensive end, uh, coming over from Georgia. He's a first-round talent. And I feel like he's one of those guys that he gets down there with, you know, uh, Coach Hagens and the D-line coaches. And I feel like he can be someone that can really make a difference. Um, you know, I, I think Florida State just needs confidence. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? Now let's just let y'all know I'm rushing for a thousand when I get up there. Yeah. So, 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 so I'm just let y'all know that off the top. Thousand touchdowns. Off the top. No, see, you think I'm joking. I'm you. See, you think I'm joking. You. Oh, I said a thousand touchdowns. Like, you, you're being sarcastic. There's no way possible. You're, being a, he's being you're a, gonna, you're gonna yeah. have a nice ten-year career yeah, in awesome. Canada. Thank you. See, thank you, Dustin. See, support it. All right. Even uh, Nate didn't say like that. Thank you, Nate. What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this beautiful late Thursday evening this week. We just got done with a crazy interview with EJ Manuel, incredible guy. Came on here and spent 30, 30 minutes with us. Really busy dude, too. Uh, analyst for the ACC Network. He jumped in, talked about his career at Florida State, talked a little bit about his transition going into the NFL, and talked about some Mackenzie Milton, Jordan Travis, the current state of the Florida State football program, and more. So that's going to be coming to you guys in the middle of this show right now. We're going to start off with some football. We're also going to give our top 10 players of program history. It's actually this week, Austin and Nate are going to be doing that. Next week, Carlos, Dustin, and I will be doing that. So we're going to have a kind of a two-week Two-part segment the two of this. Two-part series. We planned oh, it this way. Over-dramatic. We're Don't just going to ask any questions. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. And then we'll end it off with basketball with Austin since we're coming back. Leonard Hamilton's coming back with life here. Second round of coming back from the COVID-19 quarantine. With me tonight, Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, Carlos Williams, 2013 national champion, said he's going to run for 1,000 yards in the CFL. This upcoming season is with us. Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. <laughs> D. Lou up above, <laughs> hanging out with us, lead writer and editor. Oh, let me put this. And then me on. at the bottom. I'm just hanging oh, out at the bottom. One second left. 
gentlemen what's going on guys let's get going what do we got what's how's the week been busy week it's been what's a tough up? one for all busy. of us busy very week busy week very busy week we just yeah, started yeah. and my wife is already looking at me with the evil eyes <laughs> she's looking <laughs> at you laughing because you know it's true hey we'll man we'll, i feel we'll you there quick, man we'll make it thank quick. you that's now you finally know how i feel it's i just like, don't yeah. i just don't have a kid yet but i'm like ha- i'm like halfway there oh the kids are cool my wife give me the evil eyes just, just, just tell her to sit back listen and and get some entertainment man you know what oh, i'm saying oh you're her favorite <laughs> she's waiting for you to say something wild so she can so she can laugh <laughs> i'm going uh, mute Maybe we'll maybe we'll line her up as a special guest. <laughs> oh. Love Los wants that. Los does not want that. I want oh, his whole family. Get, get a behind the scenes life of, uh, of Carlos Williams. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Y'all want to make some money? If y'all want to make some money, y'all grab a camera and we can we can film right now. And y'all will we can we can make buckle, uh, bucket loads. Uh, let's get into it. So let, let, let's jump into it. Yep. I mean, let's talk about the big topic of the week. This is all we got to work with. But Mackenzie Milton can't run. But what's going on? Is the Twitter <laughs> world run. freaking out? Is, is he crawling? What's happening? It seems like everybody's just—it's over. It's done. It's now just gonna—he should just leave the program because he has a brace on and during a probably a two-hour workout session. Yeah, the the amateur knee doctors have a lot of opinions right now. I, I, I will say that I I do agree with James Coleman. You know, some things should just not be put out there. Um, but the the follow up video of him just feasting on UCF's defense, I think, should put a end to any debate of 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 a two second snippet of a video. I think that is just asinine and complete overreaction from Florida State fan base to to that situation. Which I mean, it's nothing new with Florida State fans. They're, they're it, thirsty for anything to talk about. Yeah, it's not even a two-second clip, and you don't even know what drill they're doing. Like, come on, mm-hmm. relax. To me, I mean, it looked like I, they were doing cone, like he was doing cone drills. Yeah. If you're just coming back from a gigantic knee injury, you're going through an entire workout. Are you supposed to look like you have makeup on, like beautiful, like everything's just right. going great, <laughs> everything's wonderful, though? It's like, God dang, man. If that's the point, then. I want them looking terrible. I want him throwing up while he's running. Damn it. Set, set, I said in the, in the group chat, his, his, his arm is fine. His, his mental part of the game is, is just as good as ever. And, and like Carlos said in, that, in our group chat, you know, that I'll, I'll take that. Any, any, any athlete that. that's ever had any in, knee injury, you, Matt, you get a kid scrapes his, get a scab on her knee. They're, they're barely like, don't want to touch their knee alone. Mm-hmm. This guy had surgery, of course, and he's going to be in a knee brace. It's going to take time for him to adjust and run and move. How do you think I looked whenever coming back from my ACL injury when I was having to walk down the side of the road? Like, like freaking terrible. I mean, I've, it was I've, awful. I've had, why, why are you walking down the side of the road? I've trying had to find three after ACL injuries. surgery. I've trying to th- find things. I've had three ACL <laughs> injuries. <laughs> Three, three, and, and it's not easy to come back from. Even with today's modern science, it's not you easy know, for any lower body injury. I, 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 I did my, you know, I'm not going to age myself, but I did my 25 years ago, which is just crazy to think. And then, Whoa, you know, God Almighty, yeah. So I, I did mine, you know, a long time ago. So <laughs> you know, some of you guys weren't even freaking born yet. The gray beard shows it. Don't worry. That's, have that. that's wisdom, man. You'll, you'll wisdom. Have wisdom. Sure, it's that you got a little bit of soup on there, sir. 
That's all great, buddy. No, no, but I, I, I got to jump into this one because uh, Carlos made a comment why I didn't say anything funny about the the CFL. You know, you know, with uh, with, with James Wilder and uh, Kenny Shaw getting picked up. You know, I hope you don't get a lot of time in, in the CFL. I kind of hope this is a for you a building block back into the NFL. So, you know, I don't have a smart comment. Uh, you know, I, I hope this is more of a transition in a time for you to get a chance to show the abilities are still there and that you can build it into another shot in the NFL. So I hope you. You ru- I, I, I hope you rush for, for, for a grand. Uh, I, I hope you crush it. Um, you know, so, you know, who's, who's going to rush for more? You or, you or James? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I looked at James' stats yesterday. Uh, yesterday, um, when it was uh, it was on Twitter yesterday again, and I was like, you know what? That's a re- that's a really really good like rookie year. They would consider it. I mean, mm-hmm. almost rushing four thousand, uh, having uh, what close to twenty five hundred yards all purpose. Different I mean, game there. I mean, it's, it's, I mean the field's bigger, and I, yep. I I mean to be honest with you, I'm faster than James. Open mm-hmm. field. I mean, athletically inclined. Probably more athletic than James. Stronger, physical is a different game. James is a different kind of runner. But I have more space and more field. I I, I played when the offensive NFL I played in. It had to be more multiple. I mean, I got to play with Lashawn McCoy. I mean, I got to experience him out in the out and in, in, in out in the field and catching balls and splitting out. I mean, I caught touchdown to broke the NFL rookie record in in Jersey. I mean, when I when I caught it on Thursday night, I had to catch a pass and run a route that way. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's a different game up there, but I do appreciate that. I'm gonna catch a lot of balls. I'm gonna score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I hope it's a, a stepping stone to get back into the NFL. I want to get paid in 2022. Like, I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, the ultimate mm-hmm. goal is to take the take the opportunity, seize the opportunity, and play. I hope we see Edmonton. I mean, I, I hope mm-hmm. it's a great game. It's a matter of fact, it's a lot of guys that's gonna play. Ermin Lane, um, Nyquan's gonna just sign. Yeah, I mean, with like, y'all. I mean, it's a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of guys up there. A lot of guys we played against in the National Championship. I know really? uh, Nick Marshall's up there in Saskatchewan. I talked to him frequently on, on social media. I mean, he's ex- he was excited and reached out when I got signed. Uh, Chris Rainey from Polk County's back in BC. I mean, it's just a lot of guys that I know personally that um, I've been around um, and seen and played throughout the years in the CFL. Um, it's actually going to be pretty exciting to, to see with football coming back. With 2020 shutting down, they haven't had football in a year. I mean, we get emails and, and fan letters and stuff like that. They're really excited to have football back in the great white north. It's going to be fun, man. It's really going to be fun. Yeah, y'all got Nooney Burry, who we've had here on the podcast. You also have Martavis Bryant, who I yep. think is a freak athlete. I wish things would have worked well in Pittsburgh, uh, but an absolute freak. And then it's got you at running back. And you also got just signed Kelly Bryant. Obviously, we know him from his time at uh, Clemson. I'm excited. I'm now definitely an Argonaut. I'll be watching. We'll be here talking a lot about it, but um, I can't wait for the season. I want to go back to this video, too, because we got our first chances to see Jermaine Johnson, too, who looks like an absolute uh, physical freak, too. Looks like he's in, in shape. We saw a few pictures of Fabian Lovett that he posted on his social mm-hmm. media, and he looks really in shape. I don't know if you guys were able to see that, but he came in weighing quite a bit, but he, he's looked like he slimmed up a little bit. Even Robert Cooper in the background mm-hmm. looked a little slimmed down. Mm-hmm. But, yep. you know, I, I, I just want to see it in the spring. I want to see it on the field. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. We, we talk a lot about how they are during the offseason. The guys are looking big and whatnot. But the but, putting in work, mm-hmm. putting in work, you know, tour duty is going really well. You know, the, the camaraderie, the, 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 the team, 
first mentality is there, which you know hasn't been the last couple of years. Um, so it, it's good to hear. Absolutely, there's a, there's a lot of accountability uh, between the players. So you know, that's what you know. Talking to the guy today, and you know, he mentioned that you know everyone's back, everyone's working hard. You know the, the just the difference between the accountability from last year, the difference between the effort. So, you know, hopefully that can just continue to carry over into spring. And one thing, too, about Coach Storm's last little tidbit here, he, he's – I remember watching him during October, and he call, he calls it squat-tober, where he every single day is squatting. There's either – there's one kind of squat workout that he's doing, and it's a good amount of weight, too, but it's nonstop squatting. He works on – and it, this is being implemented, too, from what we've heard a lot in the tour of duty and workouts – building that base and frame that is going to last you. That's going to help you in fourth quarter. It's going to help you uh, be able mm-hmm. to get off the block, get uh, make a block. Uh, the ba- building that base down there, I think is really important before anything else in football. Correct. Uh, that's pretty much mainly the quick hitters of the week. Nate, there was just a note on the NCAA and them having some recruiting. What are they doing now? They're, they're say, recommending to the record, push the yeah. dead period back. It was going to be lifted up in April. I don't know the exact day, but it, the, yeah, the uh, plan was to lift it up. And yeah, go ahead, Nate. That now I, I was just going to follow up with what, what you were about to say. You know, you, you and I have been hitting it real hard with these recruits, and they've been expecting to start visiting again in, in April. And you know, I, I, I just think it's you know, it's not really fair to these kids, man. You know, you can have fans at the games. I, I fully understand safety. You know, I, you know, I had a COVID test today. You know, you know, there's negatives. You know, I understand the impact of, of it in my in my line of work. At the same time, you know, it doesn't make sense why kids can't visit a visit a school. And, and a lot of these kids are getting frustrated that you know they try to make these lifelong decisions and they can't even step on campus. Brutal. It's ridiculously brutal by now. I mean, Honestly, I know we I like we were it. in Florida, but I mean, things like are it. about back to normal here. But I understand maybe if you're in Ohio or you're in California, like, well, maybe I haven't gone to a restaurant or whatever. But I mean, <laughs> at some point, I mean, April you, get te- you get tested. Now you can do it. In, you can do it in like 15 minutes. Now you can get tested in yep. 15 minutes. You sit there and then you get your results. And why why can't you do that for a recruit and then maybe two parents or whoever two other people that he's bringing. And then the staff is already tested. What, what, why is this so hard? Why is this the hardest thing ever? And like Nate said, this is an important, very, very, very important decision that a recruit is making. I know Lowe's could talk about it, but, but there's like so many it. schools after you, but it's a very important decision for your next like four years in life and your future professional career too, if you go to the NFL. I like the difficulty though right now. I, th- I like the difficulty. Can I be honest with y'all? When they made that rule about schools being able able to pay kids, kids getting able to get paid in their likeness, what do you think kids are going to go more like more, more, more likely? To the schools are going to get them drafted earlier, play earlier. The, the, the other schools can't compete with that. So I'm kind of happy is they can't go visit nowhere. It gives other schools opportunity to show them what they're worth outside of what's showing you what fancy jerseys and what all this other stuff look like. I mean, that's cool, but I'm looking at it at a different point of view. I mean, I wish I would have went to a different – if I would have went back and did, did my recruiting over again, I would have went to UConn. I would have went to the Big Ten. I would have went, went and played running back in the Big Ten. Rushed for 4,000. I would have been like the next Ron Dane. I would have been like – I would have been – come on, why not? 
why go? Why take myself and go compete with a thousand five stars at Florida State when I could have been the only one star at Nebraska? Why not? Why? Hey, hey, would it make you if better I, though? So that when you get to NFL, ultimate, you ultimate, ultimate, surround yourself with corn. If my ultimate goal is to be picked <laughs> at the highest pick, I'm gonna go where I can dominate and play the best football I can possibly play. Look, Los, Los, real quick, can't follow up on that point. I talked to a kid last night. He kind of said that same thing. Uh, you know, he he's emer- he's gonna be a possible top 100 kid in his mm-hmm. in, in his cycle. And he mentioned, you know, I don't understand why all these people are going to these super sat teams. I'm gonna go somewhere where it doesn't matter where where it is, where I I, I can go and, and just play. You know why not? I, I, honestly, to be be honest, this generation that's coming out now, they're more me driven. I want to be about me. I want my money. I want this. I want this. Me, me, me. So if I could go back, I would say what's best for Carlos. Like, I love the camaraderie. I love the fact I had great teammates. You heard it with EJ tonight. You love the fact that we stay connected. I love that. But if my brother would have went to LSU, I would have went to USC. I would not been in the state of Florida. Like, it was luckily my brother, we grew up Florida State fans, no-blooded through and through. Like, we just wanted to stay close to home together. Like, my brother led the way. I followed him. But, like, no, I believe I, what that kid is saying is true. Follow your heart, kid. If you feel like you want to go somewhere for you and you're going to play early for you, you don't got to go to Bama. You don't got to go to LSU. You don't got to go to Florida. You don't got to go to none of those schools. Go to where you know you can, you, can, you can be the most productive. You can get the best out of yourself. So you can put yourself in positions for you to be successful. Because you may go to a big D1 and you may put all that into it and you may not be successful and you wasted five years, four years of football doing nothing. If I can go back, I would do it all over again. That's the way I would do it. My boys want to play football. Hey, son, you don't got to go to Florida State. It will be lovely. I would cry tears if you go with Florida State in War 9 and did all. It will be beautiful. Oh, it will be great. But at the same time. You got to go what's best for you because one day you're going to have a family. You're going to be in a position where you got to take care of this. Like, you got to go do what's best for you. Like, your entity is different. If people are chasing the D1 dream, the big school dream, and that what kills kids when they can't get it, they don't want to play football, they don't know what to do, and that's when real life hit them and they fail. Nobody's allowing them to go to a program that fits them and their personality, their heart, their dreams. They don't do that anymore. It's not like. Man, Lois was going on a great <laughs> spiel there, man. Uh, I was about to say that was a presidential frozen. speech. Um, Look, at rock solid. Look at this screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just going back to it for a second, the dead period being recommended to be pushed back hasn't officially happened yet. I just think it's it kind of sucks. You know, it really sucks for the kids just because I don't feel like they're getting to make the best um, – decision since they're not getting to actually visit the campuses and see the football facilities check maybe even check out the city that the school is in the ladies things the like lady, that and the ladies but then at the same time you know some of the schools are bringing in twenty thousand fans on saturdays and none of them are getting covid tested before they go into the game and things like and you know that so i don't know it just really sucks for the kids you know why can't we have 50 recruits on campus socially distanced and, and that, but you can have all these people come watch the game on Saturday and potentially spread the virus. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. The decisions, they're not, they're not unilateral. Like it's just not rational. 
That's the NCAA. All about power. And I think and then I think it's uh D two and D three. You actually can visit campuses for recruiting purposes right now. So it's really just FBS that has these restrictions still in place. Right, let's get in this top list. Hold up now. We're going to transition it. into this interview first before we give the people the arguments, oh, yeah. that are about to ca- the arguments that are about to happen. Before we jump into our <laughs> – before we jump into Nate's and Austin's top tens, which is I'm sure going to bring in a great conversation between all of us, let's jump into the EJ Manuel interview. Former Noel, ACC champion, went to the NFL, played for the Bills, started for the Bills, played with the Oakland Raiders, spent a little bit of time with the Chiefs. He talks about his – Time at FSU talks about his career now at the ACC Network. A whole lot of things. Let's jump into it right now with EJ Manuel. I come, come ready to play tonight. 15, 14, 12 practice, man. We ain't do that just for nothing. Everybody else at home, chilling with their family, going Christmas shopping. What we doing? Right. We out there grinding. Right. Think about that stuff, man. Everybody can't do what we do. They wish they could, but they can't. We're here for a reason. We got all these pads and all this stuff on for a reason, man. Tell me, embrace this game, appreciate this game, respect this game, and play hard for 60 minutes. This game ain't no different. We just got oranges out here. This for us. The championship out there for us. Let go. Let go. Let these boys come over from up north and take it from us. No way. No way. Not happening. Not happening. It's not happening. I don't care how this game is, I don't care if we win by a point, I don't care if we win by 80 points. It's a win. We get W. That's what we've been doing the whole year. And we're not changing tonight. <coughs> Take advantage of the opportunities, fellas. Take advantage. Now love y'all, let's go. All right, gentlemen, and everybody listening, hanging out with us uh, this evening. We've got a very, 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 very big special guest with us. Lowe's hooked it up again, back-to-back weeks. Former Noel, NFL quarterback with the Bills, who just went to the AFC Championship. Congrats to them. Also, uh, with the Oakland Raiders, spent some time with the Chiefs, too. EJ Manuel, 2012 ACC champion quarterback in the house with us. Beat a lot of rivals during his time at FSU in Tallahassee. EJ Manuel, what's going on, man? What's up, Logan? What's up, guys? Los, what's up, man? How you feeling? You're looking good, bro. You look like you can still go out there and rush for about 100, 150 yards, man. Man, Toronto will <laughs> get a chance to see me play. They're going to get a chance this year, like when the border opens up. Yeah, so. hey, congrats on that, too. Yeah, man, congrats. Yeah, congrats. Thank My you. Bad. I guess we'll you, take man. that conversation <laughs> off the air, but yeah, congratulations <laughs> to you on that. <laughs> thanks, but thanks for coming on and joining us, man. We've of been course. waiting all week. We got some great stuff to talk about, but thank you again for joining us, man. Of course, of course. I was going to just start off right off the bat. We'll, we'll start off during your days at Florida State. Obviously, Bobby Bowden, huge figure at Florida State. When you think about Florida State, it's all Bobby Bowden, what he built, Doke. How smoothly was the transition for you, EJ, going from Bowden to different type of coach with Jimbo Fisher? Yeah, so I had the leg up, I guess, over a lot of my other teammates that weren't quarterbacks because I spent a majority of my time with Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo recruited me. Um, he was at my high school when I was a junior and a senior pretty much every Tuesday. Uh, that was kind of his loop. It seemed like, you know, when he would come up in the Northeast or near Virginia and Maryland and North Carolina, he always stopped in my high school, would, you know, come and say what's up to me during PE and high school. So um, I knew him very well. And I remember him saying he would be, you know, the head coach after 
Coach Bowden, you know, retired and moved on. Whenever that would have been, he didn't say when, uh, but he just always kind of said, hey, look, I'm going to be the next head man once Coach Bowden wants to, you know, go ahead and, and finish coaching. So uh, for me, it was an easy transition because, again, I, I spent the most time with him. I knew him the most. And so I felt like when he did become the head coach, he implemented a lot of really good things. I'm sure Los has probably alluded to it as far as just the mental, the mental part of football that a lot of us didn't really know about. You know, a lot of us had talent. A lot of us uh, come from backgrounds where we didn't have anyone in our, our families that had a psychologist or, you know, mm -hmm. those types of things that help you kind of handle being an athlete and being young as an athlete, you know, in the spotlight. And I think that was a huge help that Jimbo implemented with us. It was Trevor Moat uh, at the time. And I think when we were young, we kind of like took it for granted. But once I got into the NFL and I saw the business of football, I was like, man, you really need that. That, that psyche part, you know what I mean? It's obviously you work out and you get your muscles strong, but you got to have a strong mindset too. So I felt like Jimbo did that, but um, it was obviously a pleasure to play for Coach Bowden. Uh, I still have that trophy in here somewhere, actually right here. Uh, I got MVP of that Gator Bowl at the top of uh, Coach Bowden <laughs> back in, I think it might have been 2009, beat West Virginia. So uh, yeah. that's something I always tell uh, my, my friends or my grandkids one day when I ever have kids and stuff. So that's something I'm very proud of. You started out your career backing up Christian Potter, who went on to be a first-round pick for the Vikings. What did you learn from him backing him up for a couple of seasons, and how did you stay prepared to play You know when he was injured every so often? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned from Christian was how to prepare. Um, Christian was such a cerebral, smart guy um, on and off the field. You know, he was kind of a stand-up citizen as far as being a college athlete. You know, he was someone that you would look up to and say, man, I want to be like him uh, whenever it's my time to start. And obviously, I saw how Jimbo – coached him up he was hard on him just like he was hard on me but obviously I was a backup so you know Jimbo put put the most pressure on on, on Christian at the time and so uh being a freshman sophomore uh it was good for me to see how he responded I think I learned a lot from the mistakes he might have made and even some of the successes or a lot of the successes that he had I, I was able to kind of witness it and and understand the game and learn and um you know even once he got into the NFL I remember watching the draft and being so excited for him and you know I remember texting Jimbo saying hey man that's awesome you know just excited about moving forward into the spring and Jimbo's like, Hey, you can be next. You know, he said, you can be, he didn't say you will be, he said, you can be. And I felt like, okay, once he said that, you got to put in the work and I saw Christian do it. Uh, so for me, it was a matter of just, all right, you know, rolling my sleeves up and getting back to work. And I had a great cast around me. So that obviously helped a ton. Um, but I think those are some of the biggest things I learned from Christian, just as far as when he, whenever he had successes, I was there to watch it. Whenever he had failures, I was there to watch it too and just learn from him. You know, before I ask my question, you know, you, you mentioned your your trophy back there. You know, we talked about before we hopped on, you know, you, you were a closer. You know, you, you came in, you know, the, that that Gator Bowl, the, the Peach Bowl. You know, yeah. you came in and there was no drop-off. And, and, you know, I think that, that speaks to your ability to prepare in, in the way that, you know, you, how your approach was to the game. But, you know, for, for me, one of the questions, I, I, I've always thought the, the 2011 Chance Bowl was kind of like the re start of the reemergence of Florida State. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that game because, you know, you played on a broken leg, you know, brand new offensive line, you know, all, if I'm not mistaken, and all new starters. You know, can you, can you talk about, you know, the impact of that game and, you know, how that kind of transitioned over to the next season? Yeah, thanks, Nate. Um, I think the biggest thing about that game specifically that stood out to me, and I'm sure a lot of my teammates felt the same way, was that we got a chance to play Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like 
that was one of the, you know, premier schools in the country. You know, when you play Notre Dame, you want to beat them. And uh, again, just looking at another moment where I said, okay, in 20 years, I'm going to look back and say, man, I had a chance to beat Notre Dame and I'm glad we did. So I do think that was kind of a game where I felt like we could really be one of the nation's best. You know, I feel like every year we had great players coming in, four or five stars. That was kind of the normalcy at that time when I was at Florida State. You know, a lot of us in Los, you know, we would bring in those kind of guys every year. And, uh, you know, we didn't have Los yet, but that class was coming. And I felt like when we had chances to beat Notre Dame, I think that made a statement throughout the country uh, to say, hey, look, these guys are, are next up. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously playing with a broken leg, it's funny uh, to tell a quick story. I remember coming to the sideline after you know, an offensive drive and I couldn't walk. And uh, I told Jim about that, man, my leg is hurt. My leg is hurt. And I just remember saying, get your back in the game. And uh, <laughs> it's funny when, you know, they probably told me I had like a bone bruise or something. And it's just crazy how the mind works because that's what I thought I had. So I was like, all right, my legs just bruised. Let me go out there, you know, and just do what I got to do. And I was hobbling around, but it made enough plays to win the football game and, and brought us back. But come mm -hmm. to find out I had a broken leg. So now that's the story I tell people, like, yeah, I play with a broken leg and all, you know, I was being mm -hmm. tough or whatever, but. Uh, at the time, I just remember thinking I had a bruise. And so I think back then, again, just the mentality. I feel like that was the biggest thing, man. Like When I talk about Jimbo to people, I just think that he brought that mentality to us, that dog, that that tenacity, that we got off the bus feeling like we were going to win. And when we played Notre Dame again, once we won that game, I felt like, okay, now this is for us to take that next step uh, and just continue to get, get bigger and get more respect in the country because at that time, you know, there's a lot of other teams on the West Coast. USC was still really good. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame obviously was good. Bama was still rolling. They were getting right. But for us at Florida State, we just kind of wanted to have that name in ACC and try to lock that down. And we had uh, Vince Williams on the show last week, your former teammate at Florida State. And he said the home game in 2011 against Oklahoma was the loudest he ever played in in college. What would be your pick? I would say that. Um, my dad and I were talking about that two weeks ago because um, we were saying how somebody asked about like a shoulder shoulder injury and I had like a grade two shoulder separation in like the third quarter of that game. Mm -hmm. And that was the loudest I've ever heard Doke be. And uh, I think we were winning the game going in half or it was going back and forth. Um, and we obviously lost in the second half, but that was probably the loudest I can remember it being. I remember Clemson games and Doke were always loud, obviously Florida games, but that Oklahoma game specifically I could feel our fan base. They wanted that one. Obviously, us as a team, we wanted it too, mm -hmm. and we didn't. We didn't earn it. But that was one of those nights where, okay, you you felt you felt uh, the legion of Florida State. You know what I mean? You felt the no family out there, and uh, I even felt like the the crowd, like the stadium, was kind of swaying a little bit. It was so loud. So uh, I, I don't think I heard a louder stadium even once I've gotten to the NFL. I don't remember it getting louder than that. Okay, Nate, I stand corrected. <laughs> there you go. What, okay. What game were you? What, what you thought I was going to say a different game, Lois? I mean, we we got the chance. I mean, we got the chance to play in Clemson. You got to go to Norman and play. And when yeah. we talked to Vince, Vince talked about that, but he did talk about that effect coming back and after getting stomped by them and coming back and having the ability to play them in Doken. We know we know what the atmosphere is like in Doken night. We know what that tunnel is like yeah. when you get ready to come out there and Jimbo's talking about, "Hey, Bo, get them boys ready." And when you start jumping in that, in that adrenaline rush and the bands out there playing and the fireworks go off and that tunnel opening, you see that 90,000 come out there. Those people been out there in that stadium parking lot all day. They yes, ready sir. to come in there and tear down. So, you know, it's just, I understand that. But um, I got to play with you and I got to play with Jameis Winston. And um, two very different people, two very different quarterbacks, um, two very different professionals. Um, I got to watch you 
lead us to an ACC championship, playing on a broken leg, um, being um, very humble, very, very meek about it. Um, you, when, when, but you were very captivating when you stood up and took a room. Um, you led us to an ACC championship the first time Jimbo won one. You led us to a BCS bowl game the first time we had been to one and won one um, since you had been there. And then the very next year, after being drafted in the first round, Jameis Winston, as a, as a redshirt freshman, goes and win a national championship in the Heisman Trophy. Um, tell, tell us about the emotions that goes through that from having great success and then having somebody come right behind you yeah. and having what, what some would say bigger bigger success. Yeah, nah, Los, thank you, man. Um, you know what, as far as when you put it that way, as far as bigger success, I think I was probably Jameis's biggest fan because, you know, he had a lot going on, man. He had a lot going on off the field. Uh, he, you know, being that situation he had going on. So I was more in awe of how he responded, you know, that he, like he was playing so well week in and week out. And not only that, he was, it was his first year, you know, he was a redshirt freshman. That was just like his first experience. And I remember being in Buffalo coming back home from practice or whatever to watch the first game versus Pitt. And I, I don't even know if he missed a throw, honestly, I think he might've been with 95% completion percentage, something like that. Something crazy. That, that throw uh, Shaw was a completion by the way. Right. But I just know he, he yeah. had a nearly perfect game his first game. And so that's when I knew, like, man, Jameis is the real deal. And for me, I think I was just more excited for you guys because I felt like had we not lost that NC State game and then later in that season lost that game versus Florida, we would have been in a, a similar position. You know, mm -hmm. maybe we, we maybe wouldn't have made it to the uh, the championship, but we would have definitely had an opportunity to, to say something about it late in the year had we not lost that game specifically to NC State. Um, you know, so I, I think for me, the one thing about me, man, you know, this Lowe's, there's no hate in me, bro. Like I'm happy Never. for everybody and, and mm -hmm. whatever capacity that success comes from, because also success comes in many different forms. You know, Jameis obviously became a first round overall pick, um, won the Heisman, won the national championship, had a chance to win two. And, you know, that's his success. But just how you are now a father, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're a husband, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? So like, to me, I just think success comes in so many different forms. I was extremely happy for him. And also the supporting cast that you guys had around him, I think helped him too. And I'm sure Jabo would tell you that the fact that you were there uh, on the defensive side, Telvin Smith, Christian Jones, Eddie Goldman, Timmy Jernigan, it's, Ty, uh, mm -hmm. T. Brooks, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, <clears throat> like so many different players on both it, sides of the football. It's so for amazing. Him, it's amazing you speak on that with Jameis, how you're proud of that, that the, the, the success after that. Cause a lot of people were like, Los, you were great back at Florida state. I'm like, I was straight. I played with Cookie. Right. Man, like, man, y'all had to understand Cook. Kind of yeah. work. this, man. Like, last week, you guys heard, we talked about, well, how was A.B.? Man, nobody outwork A.B. Like, nobody. I don't care. What, man, nobody outworks him. Like, nobody outworked Cookie. From the time he stepped inside the, the locker room at the Moore Athletic Center, he was the guy. And we right. knew it. We just had to find a way to get him on the field faster. Los, right. teach him as much as you can, as fast as you can. Okay, because I want to win again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I guarantee if EJ had another uh, EJ had another year, it was like, OK, I had a BCS at an Orange Bowl. Let's go get there. Let's go get a rose. Like, you know, what I'm saying we, that it was that taste yeah. for it. Again. We wanted to go from Dallas to Dallas when we started off with Oklahoma State. We had tasted it. We just didn't have enough. Yeah. Like, it was that, not enough. So I love to yeah. hear you talk about you like to see that success linger on yeah. and it go on and push on because I felt the same way about Dalvin and Cam and Jacquez coming after me and the backs there now. It is, it feels good to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And Los, I want to kind of compound on that. Like, obviously it wasn't just me, man. My year it was Bjorn went in the first round, Zay went in the first round. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
uh, uh, big big tank went in the second round. It was a bunch of us that got drafted. Minelik went early, and uh, Moody, your Vince, everybody got drafted that year, right? So I felt like you young guys saw us have that success, and then I felt like you guys had that hunger. You guys had that vision. Of like, all right, this is how you get to that that level. And I felt like y'all had that dog in you from us. You could, you guys were still young. Yeah. Y'all, a lot, a lot of y'all were freshmen and sophomores. And so True. that following year, even that O line I had my senior year, a lot of those guys were young. Uh, Store, mm-hmm. Trey, uh, Cam, all those, Josue, all those guys were young. Bobby, yeah, they, they were, yeah, Bobby was like 18 years Bobby old, was, as a junior. Bobby <laughs> you know what I mean? What? What are you yeah, doing? So, like, how are you with so college at 16? Right. <laughs> to me, I felt like that was where I was more proud because I saw my little brothers go up and grow and win a national championship on a huge level and in an amazing fashion too. That was a great comeback game. And even to see the, the uh, maturation in KB, talk about Kelvin yeah. Benjamin, you know what I mean? Like when I was there, he was good, but he got great the following year. When Kenny was there, he got, he was good, but he got great the following year. When Rashad was there, he was good, but he got great the following year. Same with Nick O'Leary. So, I mean, so many great players. I know I'm missing guys and forgetting names, but um, I, I, for me, man, there was no sense of feeling like, oh, I should have won the Heisman. Nah, I was, I was completely happy with what happened to me. I ended up being a first-round pick, changed my life in a moment. And so, obviously, there was no hate inside me, bro. I was extremely happy and still am for James. I talked to him earlier or last week, yeah, actually. I got to slide this question in for you because we asked Vince last week. We asked about undiscovered talent that you played with while at Florida State. Give us one or two guys that you that you was like, they didn't have enough opportunity or they just went under the radar of undiscovered talent. Are you saying that trans like translated into the NFL or just, just why, why you at Florida State that didn't matter, never got a shot or didn't translate into the league? Like a guys that were like exceptionally talented yeah. while being at Florida State. Vince Smith, yeah. Vince, Mr. Alexander was a diamond in the rough. Yep. You know, he yeah, was a guy yeah. that went under the radar. Yeah, um, Terrence Parks was a guy like that as well. Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah, TP. Um, One of my would have been Brandon Jenkins for us because B. Jenks, Jenks was at that peak. Mm-hmm. Right okay. when he like, I- like Ah, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. could have been the best I, I'm gonna say Rabbit right Everett say, Brown. And then he hurt Jermaine his ankle. Thomas. He was never he was, he was I'm never the same. Jermaine, I'm gonna say Jermaine. Jermaine oh. Thomas, bro. Like mm-hmm. Jermaine was one of those guys when I was a freshman, I was red shirting, learning. Jermaine was out there playing. You know what I mean? Like contributing at a high level. Same with Jarmon Forsen. Uh yeah. you talk about guys that came in and were great players off the rip. And you know, whatever circumstances might have happened, and that it didn't necessarily translate to a, a long pro career. Um, but those two guys specifically, um, I remember Ty, Ty was the same way. Another running back that was, that no, was extremely great when he had uh, opportunities to play. Uh, and obviously I know I'm on the, the offensive side defense. I got, you know, those, those are the enemies in practice, but, uh, you know, I, those, those three guys specifically, I remember them being freshmen or us all being freshmen. They had chances to play and they had, you know, they, they perform well as, as young guys. Uh, transitioning over a little bit to the NFL, you know, can you walk us through that that drive process? You know, did you think that Buffalo was going to be the team? Or were you talking to other teams, you know, leading up to the draft? Or, yeah. you know, when did you know that it was going to be uh, Buffalo? Yeah, I thought three teams, um, Buffalo, I had a good feeling about the Jets, who ended up taking Geno in the second round. Also mm-hmm. felt pretty good about Philadelphia. Chip Kelly was there. He recruited me when he was at Oregon. Um, maybe Kansas City at that time. You know, they, they took Patrick Mahomes a few years after me, but I, I felt like I had a really good meeting with Coach Reed uh, and who I ended up signing with before I decided to, you know, forego football and, and take the job with ACC and ESPN. So those four teams, I think when I knew the Bills were going to take me was draft night once they, dra- they traded back 
Um, and I think I'm, I'm not sure what pick that they got from trading back, but I had a feeling. And actually, I remember uh, one of the guys that was in charge of the draft, he kind of gave me like a wink saying that he thought the Bills would, would pick me uh, in the first round. And so for me, honestly, at that time, whether I went in the first or the fourth round, I didn't care. My mom had just uh, beat cancer, breast cancer. So for me, I was happy to be there, have my family. That was something I grew up watching and just like Los, or all of us. I mean, probably watched the draft since, you know, you were five years old. And seeing these guys, you know, life changing in, in, in an instant. So um, for me, I, I would say I had a good feeling probably, you know, like an hour right before the draft. And then once it happened, it was kind of a whirlwind from there. The rest was history. Speak on a little bit of your entire career, not just Buffalo, but going to Oakland and Kansas City after that. Well, um, in what way are you asking? Like, how did you think your career went? You know, obviously, it didn't go the way a lot of people thought it yeah. would, but you still yeah, had a nah, career. I feel you on that. For me, man, I think the circumstances that I was, you know, dealt with, uh, injuries, um, getting benched, and the reason why I was benched not necessarily being, you know, told to the media, who then they take that and they turn it into, oh, he can't play, he can't do this, he can't do that, when the explanation to me was he wanted me to learn from a veteran, which – it's pretty standard. You know, a lot of young quarterbacks, they get a chance to learn from somebody. I think initially uh, Kevin Cobb was supposed to be the guy um, my rookie year. He ends up getting hurt um, before the season started. So I go into the season with a torn meniscus. I did that the second week of uh, the preseason in my rookie year um, versus Minnesota. So I had to rush back, feel kind of hurt, but play, you know, play well. And I end up having knee injuries all throughout my rookie year. So that kind of slowed my my maturation once I got into the offseason um, as far as like going hard with working out because I couldn't really work out until I would say May or June of that offseason going into my second year. So I really just think a lot of what goes on for quarterbacks specifically, and I'm not just going to, you know, because I'm not ashamed at all of my career. I was ex extremely proud of what I did. I did something that most people will never have a chance to do, and I'm extremely blessed for it and fortunate for it. And my life's great. Like I enjoy every single day I wake up. But I think with quarterbacks, and I'll talk about this tomorrow with Trevor Lawrence, is how it's all situational. I think whatever situation you go into, you look at guys that go and get drafted in the sixth round, they have, you know, 18-year careers. You know what I mean? Because they, they don't have that pressure on them on a bad team or a team that's not that good as a first round or a second round pick. You have that pressure to go out there and perform as a rookie. And, you know, it, it's different for a running back like Lose. He came in and he bought out right away because he had that talent. He had that juice. At quarterback, it's so many nuances to understanding the game. And you're going up against the GOATs like Tom Brady. Like, that was who I went up against my first game ever. You know what I mean? With mm -hmm. a, a half-torn meniscus, you know what I mean? Oh. And we still almost won that game. I think we lost by a field goal. So, again, man, I, when I look back at my career, I'm extremely proud of it. Uh, I'm extremely proud of the lessons that I learned and the business lessons that I learned. Um, that's why I kind of parlayed my football career into now a TV career that's seeming to grow. So, um, you know, overall, of course, I wish I had more touchdowns and more rings and more playoff berths and more opportunities to start. But also there were moments where I just it was out of my hands. I might have had a great preseason, not just good, a great preseason and still didn't get the job or still didn't get a chance to show my talents. And then also I felt like my mentality and my, my confidence suffered from that and me being young, not understanding that, you know, hey, it's not necessarily about the circumstances, how you come out the circumstances. So now I get that part as a man now. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can pass that off to, to another young man that's going to be in a similar situation as me. Right. And we, and we talked about a little bit before the uh, before the podcast started. We just partnered with Chick-fil-A. 
Very grateful for that. So what is your favorite meal at Chick-fil-A? All right. So my favorite meal at Chick-fil-A, when I, usually when I go, I'm starving. So I usually get the number one, which is the classic Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. sandwich. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a honey mustard guy. I'm a large fry guy as well. I also <laughs> always get the chocolate chip cookie. And then I also get the, uh, the di- not the, the entree of the five piece nugget uh as like a you know a little addition to my to my sandwich and so those are those are my favorites I, i'll get the fruit fruit cup sometimes i'm feeling healthy but usually i ain't gonna lie man I, I mean, i'm a fry and a cookie guy and also the lemonade for a drink oh yeah and yeah okay. you mentioned uh oh go ahead los hey you've had life like you you've transitioned we talked also talking about you transition with life through football after football me and Vince has talked about it. You know, we love the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we love – we're very religious, you know, just like you. We've talked to Pastor Clint, Pastor Reggie Robin yeah. at Florida State. We've, you know, had our, our meetings and stuff like that. So, we've always had the two different ends of the spectrum of our religion and, and the football. We can bring both to the table, and we thought that best way to do that was through coaching. Have you ever thought about taking that um, coaching? You know, you do the broadcasting. You go on to sure. Pro Day tomorrow, see Trevor Lawrence. Have you ever thought about taking that to – um, an academy or, you know, coaching at a high school is familiar to you and kind of building, you know, the talent around where you grew up. Yeah. One thing, Los, that I've learned, man, in my, I guess, manhood and situations that I've gone through is to always be honest. You know, sometimes as athletes, we want to say the right thing and say the mm-hmm. thing that sounds good and politically correct. But no, sir, I have not thought one bit about coaching. <laughs> uh, when I when I saw how some of the uh, some of the GAs and, you know, those younger, younger, lower level guys, you know, running around trying to Get paid, you know, getting yelled at by the head coach and stuff. I, I don't really look 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 into doing that too much, man. Maybe one day when I have, like I said, kids myself, I'll coach some little league and maybe a high school at some point. But for right now, I'm I, if I would go out to a camp and help and you know instruct. But as far as being a, a mainline coach, I got to show up every day. Can't say that I would want to, bro. But I'll, I'll leave that to you and Vince, man. I'll, I'll send my kids to you guys. Oh, we, <laughs> oh, we get to high school together soon. Me, Johnny, yeah, yeah. we get to high school together. E- EJ, so before we let you go, you know, we, we want to get your thoughts on Florida State in in twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, Florida State's hasn't been FSU the last couple of years. You know, what what are your thoughts on what's got what's got to what's got to change, and what do you think about Norvell and, and the program heading into? Uh, this coming fall? Yeah, I think it's a matter of time. Um, I, I do think Coach Norvell did a great job of recruiting this year, uh, specifically with the transfer portal guys. I feel like a lot of the teams now understand that that's the best way to take advantage and get some immediate, you know, play from guys. You know, you look at Mackenzie Milton, and I know off air you had mentioned my top five quarterback list. The only reason I didn't have him in the top five and a few other guys um, to me was because – I, I, I wanted to put some respect on Jordan Travis's name. I'm not going to necessarily count him out from being, you know, the starter as well. I think, you know, both of those guys can help elevate each other's game. Obviously, McKenzie was a 4,000-yard passer before he got before he got injured when he was at uh, UCF. Um, but I, I think they can help the room. I think that's going to be a great addition to that team and obviously the leadership role that he's going to bring. But, you know, I, I think Coach Novell did the best thing by getting some, some veteran – pedigree guys that have already already tasted success at their in their own right at different schools. You look at uh, I think Jermaine Johnson, the the defensive end uh, coming over from Georgia. He's a first round talent. And I feel like he's one of those guys that he gets down there with, you know, uh, Coach Hagens and the D-line coaches. And I feel like he can be someone that can really make a difference. Um, you know, I, I think Florida State just needs confidence. Uh, they they got to have some good things happen to them. And I said that all year long when I was, you know, doing the huddle on ACC Network. I just feel like when you watch them play, 
they have moments where they show greatness and then there's moments of just like mistakes where it's like, come on, man, you know, like, but all learning, learning lessons. I've been there, you know what I mean? And uh, obviously you got a ton of pressure on you because these guys are trying to live up to what we did, you know, when we were at Florida State. And that's kind of the the bar that subsequently we left when we when we moved on and into our pro careers. So I do think Florida State's, you know, moving in the right direction, trending in the right direction. Um, I, I think really it starts at the quarterback position. If they have some guys that can really protect those dudes and give them opportunities to get the ball down the field, I think that's when we'll start seeing Florida State rack up some wins. Agreed. Yep. It's going to be interesting. The whole quarterback battle. There's a lot of battles all over the place. I think that's what Mike Norvell has. Yeah. And uh, let me just say this before you go, Logan. It's so, it was tough because obviously my first year, I wanted, I was taking Florida State pretty much every weekend. But then we started talking (laughs) trash off air and we're doing this who, who, you know, who's winning and losing, all that kind of stuff, you know, in the pick them. And there were certain games I was like, "Ah, I want to take the nose, but I don't know. Right. (laughs) Hopefully this year, man, uh, they could go ahead and go out there and do their thing. And, you know, again, I just think it's a matter of confidence because they have the talent, they have the players, they have the coaches. Uh, it, it's just a matter of them going out there and balling. And what's going to happen is the trend of all the great recruits are going to want to start going back to Tallahassee. That College football is very, you know, it's a copycat league, just like the NFL is. The players want to go where they feel like they have a chance to go play in the NFL. So if, if Florida State gets back to winning, they're going to have those big, big matchups at 8 o'clock on ABC. They're going to have those big matchups on Thursday night to play a big game like Clemson or a big game like Notre Dame in front of a national crowd. So really, as long as they get those wins back and those bowl victories specifically, that's where I think Florida State will get back to where they need to be. Absolutely. We're excited to cover it this season. Uh, you know, hopefully with COVID-19, hopefully by then some things will be straightened out where practices and, you know, we won't, we won't have see, we won't see Florida State come out from a month off a plane, a football game. Hopefully things in a spring will be huge too. Yeah, it'd be uh, huge. huge. Uh, we, and that's another thing too, not to go off a tangent, but he didn't get a full spring. He didn't get a full regular uh, training camp. So I'm sure that first game versus Georgia Tech, I mean, Coach Novell said it. he's trying to figure out who his guys are. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't really seen these guys be battle tested until that first day. So, um, and also, you didn't have that cupcake game where you play Savannah State or you play, you know, I mean, one of those smaller tier schools to really go out there and you know beat their heads in. So they kind of had you know a full blown game from from jump. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, obviously, what happened will happen. But I do think they'll be better for it coming into this season. And it's going to be an even bigger one with Notre Dame coming into town. Yeah, early September. So. EJ, I appreciate you, man. Busy guy. I love I love seeing guys that go, you know, are on the football field to go to NFL and then become analysts like this. It's been awesome to see your journey. I think the sky is the limit and love been fo- yeah. love following you and everything. It's really yeah. inspiring. So definitely yeah, appreciate really you appreciate coming it. on here. Of course. Of course. Thank you guys. And uh, anything else you need moving forward during the season next year, just hit me up. All right. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate will it, do. EJ. Appreciate All it. Man. All right. Thank Low, you. stay up, man. Eat Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I will do, bro. Yes, hey, you ain't got to say that twice to me, bro. I'm going to go get I, some tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'll stay up. Appreciate it, bro. All right, man. All right. We are back now after the EJ Manuel interview. Definitely appreciate him coming on. It was a great experience. I have a lot of respect for him, and hopefully we'll be able to get him on before the season starts next season. He's got a busy schedule. We'll see if we can get him on. Uh, but definitely appreciate one of the best at FSU, one of the best passing guys at FSU to come through and hang out with us on Hear the Spear. All right, let's talk about it. We talked about it last week that we were going to bring this up. We decided to jump this into two parts. So this week, it will be Austin and Nate. Next week, it will be Los, Dustin, and I, and maybe Gillian here. But we're going to talk about our top 10 
and FSU history football-wise for Florida State. We might do a basketball one maybe when it gets close into March a little bit. I think that would be pretty fun. But let's mm-hmm. do the top ten right now, Austin and Nate, for football. What do we got? What kind of what kind of arguments are about to start right now? I've, uh, I'm gonna get my honorable mention first. Okay. All right. So I, I, I got six guys in, in my honorable mention. I got Chris <laughs> Winky. I got Andre Wadsworth. I got Ron Sellers, Fred, Fred Belentnikoff, Greg Allen, and Peter Bulware. Wow. Okay. I, I, I think those guys are all possible fitting into the top ten. Okay. I, I right. agree. I, no, I, no, I will give, I'll give my honorable mentions as well, even though they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- to me, there was like eight no-brainers have to be top 10, and then there was yes. the last two spots I had to de- really debate between. The ones I didn't have, uh, Andre Wadsworth, Raynard Wilson, Bletnikoff, Ron Sellers, Jalen Ramsey, Peter Bulwer, work done. Mm. Work, work done was one I split. I was tough. It was tough. I know Los wasn't gonna be happy with me. It was between it was between him and one more. Things are gonna start warming up here. All right. So so how do you wanna do this? You wanna go you know from from, from ten to one? I didn't, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Ten, ten to one. one. Ten to one. Yeah. Ten to one. Come on now. All right. All right. So 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 I, I got my number ten player. Is Terrell Buckley. Same. Okay. okay. My number 10 was Terrell Buckley. All right. So I, I, I got T-Buck as he's, he's one of the top cornerbacks in college football history. I think if it's not for Dion, he's definitely the number one cornerback in Florida State history. Um, what he did at Florida State is, is, was tremendous. And I think he slept on in terms of, of, of greatness. And we, we talk about college football players. I agree. Just what he what he did for Florida State, the accomplishments are there, the awards are there. Especially with Florida State being DBU, you got to have two DBs in your top ten, and Terrell, mm-hmm. Terrell Buckley's that number two. And, and for him as a returner, you know what yeah. what he what he did in the return game was 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 ridiculous. I I, I think that he's arguably I, I think he's a better returner in college than what Dion was. I don't yeah I don't disagree. I mean it, to me it was a coin flip between him and work done. For me, mm-hmm. like you, you could go either way. There's a lot of guys you can debate between. Mm-hmm. I, I just think what Buckley was able to do at that position was just slightly more impressive for, for mm-hmm. me. Uh, for, for number nine, I, I got my all-time favorite Florida State player. I got Wart Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to fit him in the top ten. Um, you know, from the time he stepped on campus, you know, he he was a, a major impact player. What, what was the leading rusher for a long time in Florida State history, um, went on to uh, a lot of success in the NFL. I think he's a fringe Hall of Fame player. Um, you know, For me, he's got to be in the top ten. My number nine was Chris Winkie. Just because you can't overthink it, he's a Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. A Heisman winner has to be in your top ten. That, yes, he had the greatest college receiver and the most electrifying maybe college player ever. But he's still a Heisman winner. You got to put him up there. I agree. I agree. Got to have a Heisman in there. I know. You know, kind of the NFL debate. You know, for me, him losing Oklahoma. Yeah, kind of hurts I, that a little bit. I feel is that. Peter Wark, Peter Wark, if Lavernus Cole stays at Florida State. Say it again. Is Peter oh. Wark, Peter Wark, if Lavernus Cole stays at Florida State? Peter, 
Peter Work was Peter Work as a Russian freshman. I'm asking you when, it, when, it, when, it, when he went for over Peter 300 Moore. yards at Clemson in all-purpose yards. So is yes, he is he the same? I I I, same? I I think that it would have been even more. Ooh, because because it. it <laughs> Because it, it takes the the. With you. I don't think a lot of people would have stayed if Randy would have been there. If Randy would have stayed, ain't nobody would have been the same. Randy. <laughs> that 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 is a different. That's a different argument, and I yeah. definitely agree with that. If Randy Moss stayed, I, I don't think I love Peter. I wore nine because of Peter, but I think that dominant that the dynamic of Lavernius Coles, even after he left it and went to the league, how how he how he was, how he could have been. I think if he had more time at Florida State. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think Peter would have been as as explosive. He wouldn't have been one of the greatest, most elusive of all time because he would have had to legitimately share at that time. I, I do think that Lavernius was a better pro too, because he came in as a running back, moved to receiver, and he gained experience mm -hmm. in, in that position in the, in, the, in the NFL. Okay. So, so, so I, I, I think that. You know, eventually, Lavernius would have been would have been on that level. You know, he just wasn't experienced enough at that position. Okay, y'all go. Y'all are number eight. I, I I got Ron Simmons. That's who I had at eight as well. Just because he's before my time, but most of his records still stand today. He speaks for itself. The work. Yeah, does. he's on a different level. He's he was the one defensive lineman that could separate from everyone else. Like Florida State had some great pass rushers. We named them Bowler. Andre was with Raynard Wilson, but it was hard to separate one from another. Um, Cameron, Cameron, Cameron Wimberly. Yeah. yeah. Wimberly, um, Demarcus Walker. Like we can go on and on and on and on. Dude, the two guys, the two guys that went, uh, they went to, um, what's his name? One went to, Wimberly went to Cleveland that same year. We had another one that left too. Um, Ever, I mean, we had Everett Brown, Bjorn Werner, Brendan Jenkins. What was his name? It was guys. Wimberly and somebody else went that same year. Do, uh, Dar Darnell Dockett. We had Darnell Dockett. Dockett mm -hmm. left. Yeah. Dockett was a monster too. Uh, and, and and after number eight, this is when this I think is when it, things get fun. This is when it gets elite for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for for number seven, I got Dalvin Cook. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, okay. I think Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in college football history. I, yeah. I, I think you put him behind a Wisconsin offensive line, oh. he shatters every single college football record easily. Easily, I think he rushes for. 8,000 yards. I think, honestly, between him and McCaffrey, they're two, them two are two of the best all purpose backs to ever touch a football in college football. Yes. I mean, all purpose. Like, I, I've never seen Bo Jackson catching pads. I never, like, Bo Jackson didn't have hands like that. I've never seen him really catch balls like I've seen Dalvin or Christian catch balls. But I've, I've seen both their body of work. And yeah, I agree with you, Nate. Those two are two of the best all purpose backs to touch a football in, in college football uh, mm -hmm. ever, ever. Ever. That was the best running back in ACC football history. Yeah. 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 I love hearing the Travis Etienne and all that kind of junk. <laughs> oh. That's great for how many yards, but he was there for a good long while, guys. So that's not really, awesome. that's not even an argument. Awesome. I, we, I think we talked about that article a few, like last month. That was just a silly yeah. thing that was brought up there. But, but skill wise, it, it, it's just not even close. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. You know, you can talk about numbers, what Etienne did. God, I mean, Look at the state that also Dalvin Cook was playing in compared mm -hmm. to Clemson's offensive line and Florida State's offensive line. It just wasn't even – it's not even close. The skill set is just ridiculous. I think – I agree. He most certainly should be in the top ten because he's Florida State's best running back. I, I think it's, it's that debate of Barry Sanders versus Emmitt Smith. You put Barry Sanders behind that Dallas offensive line, 
he rushes for twenty five thousand yards. Mm-hmm. That like that 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 NFL record is, would be untouchable for forever. And that's probably what we're going to see with Cam Akers too. I think with uh, the mm-hmm. Rams, he's going to have a long career with them, and he's going to get paid. I mean, they found hey, I don't need Jared Goff really that much no yeah. more. Let's just give it to Cam Akers for about seventy five percent of the game. So, uh, who do you have for seven? I I also had Dalvin seven, L- right. much like you guys said. He did. He broke all of Florida State's rushing records in one last season than work done. Mm-hmm. That's so impressive, and that's partially the reason why I didn't put Dunn top ten. No discredit to him at all, but just because of how great Dalvin was, and he was the offense for two seasons. And, and he didn't really get a lot of carries so halfway through his freshman season. Yeah, exactly. If you think about and that, still rushed for a thousand as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I, I mean I gotta get. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I mean. Oh no, you deserve him, Lowe's. You deserve, you deserve the carries. Just yeah. don't forget me, Logan. I can't touch the ball. <laughs> Uh, you also uh, can't race me. I mean, but we knew it was going to be special, though. I mean, like we said, we knew, like EJ talked about Jameis. Man, we knew Davin was going to be good. We wasn't stupid, man. Mm-hmm. We was in the meeting room with him. We trained mm-hmm. with him. We knew, like, hey, I can't, hey, when this man get in the film room, RG, you might not be playing. Like, you might not get in the, hey, hey, MP, you better start playing. Because if he start getting the ball, he, he might not stop. Luckily, I can I can do a lot of things. I can go online. I can run the ball when when nobody. I'm a situational football. And Jimbo taught us that. He taught us big situational football. I got lucky. I was the only big back in the room at the time. To me, mm-hmm. the fact Jimbo played a true freshman running back yeah. with the talent y'all had that that tells you everything you know about Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. He was good. Uh, he was n- number six, I got Derek Brooks. Ooh, I had another. I had Marvin Jones. I flipped linebackers with you. You're out of your mind. Oh, you got Shade Tree at Ooh. six. It was, it was tough. It was tough for me. Tree at six. It was tough for me. You're disrespectful. It was tough for me from here. I, I, I yeah. I don't, D, I don't know on your list right now. D, D Brooks is <laughs> is phenomenal Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I I think yeah, he's definitely an elite college linebacker, but he's even better in the pros. For sure. Get get on, Carlos. There got five, five more good names, Austin. I Easy. Do. Uh, Carlos, I please. Put, I would put Shade Tree up there with LeVar Arrington. I, I, I'll, talk about, I, I'll talk about Shade Tree when I get there, Carlos. Like, talking about for me. Yeah, he better. He is, but, like, LeVar was nasty at Penn, yeah. dog. He was – Shade Tree was even better. Shade Tree was okay. different. All right, now, n- number five, I got Jameis Winston. The, I had Derek Brooks five. Okay. Uh, part, uh, part of it's uh, bias for me. I fully admit that because I'm younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, I, I grew up with Jameis. I grew up with some of these guys. I didn't grow up with some of these linebackers. So yeah, part of it is recency bias for me. My brother's a linebacker. All he do is watch that. Uh, yeah. I, I, see that that wasn't me. Yeah. I, I got Jameis just because at five because a ten year, you know, two year starter. Yeah. If he would have been a three year, I, I think you know he's up there at one one or two. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I agree. I, I, agree. I, I think, you know, him to be top five and you look at Florida State and all, all they've had and all they've done to be top five in a two-year career, 29 and one, um, he's, a, he's an all-time great. Yeah, and then also you think about, too, why he might not be higher on your list, the, the talent that he had around him that eventually went into the NFL. Um, but he also made that talent playing. better, though. For sure. as, a, as a leader in the locker room, yeah, most certainly. It changed. Uh, and that was something Ben said too last week. He yeah. mentioned that, you know, 
they weren't as big of leaders as this 2013 team was like the freshman, uh, like Jameis Winston was coming in. Uh, number four, I got Charlie Ward. I had Jameis four. Uh, uh, for me, Charlie Ward is, you know, when I, when I was, you know, in high school was when, when, when Charlie was, you know, I'll never forget that game against Notre Dame. Um, I was at a friend's house and I was physically ill after that game. Um, but you know, you know, Charlie, Charlie is phenomenal, man. He, he's a, he's ahead of his time. Like, if he played in today's game, be, be ridiculous. There's, there's definitely an argument for who's the better quarterback, Jameis versus Charlie, mm-hmm. especially numbers wise. What Jameis mm-hmm. was able to do in two seasons, he's third all time in Florida State passing yards. Mm-hmm. He's second all time in career passing touchdowns, whereas comparatively Ward's tenth and sixth. Yes, part of it's different errors for sure. But there's uh, uh, there's definitely uh, an argument for who you would take. And also, like Jameis in 2013, Charlie Ward sat out a lot of lot of games mm-hmm. in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, because he just didn't need to play. Yeah. Um, you know, number three, I got um, my second favorite of all time. I, I got Shade Tree, number three. I think he's far and away, for me, the best linebacker in college football history. Um, you know, I'll argue that with anyone. Um, that guy was just a different animal. He's a different species. Um, mm-hmm. Him at Florida State, he, he was that first real trendsetter, that, that, that guy who was just on the middle and was just a monster. He, he was that guy who set the tone for the defense. And, and – you know, Special for me, you know. I I almost put him at number two. I had Charlie three. Like I said, there's a, a huge case, a huge argument that could go between Charlie and Jameis. I just think what Charlie did for the program to get them their first national championship, the first Heisman. Dion may have set the map for Florida State, but Charlie set the map. He made it a destination to go to. Mm-hmm. He he revolutionized college quarterbacks all these college quarterbacks that are coming nowadays still look up to Charlie. And I think that says something. Plus I'm a, I'm a basketball guy. I'm going to put him a little bit higher. Oh, okay. There it is. I, 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 I think we're going to have the same top two. I got number yeah. two. I got P dub. Yep. You know, the greatest college receiver ever. I, I, I think his time in the NFL kind of makes people forget about how he was in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just the tape that you can put on and just watch him absolutely embarrass kids. Game I just remember the run against uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I mean that every time it's retweeted on the timeline, you gotta sit down and watch it. That one highlight video that whoever made it three or four years ago that Chad Johnson mm-hmm. retweets every six months, gotta watch yep. it. Yep, he's the most one of the most electrifying players in college football ever. That's not a debate. Yeah. As a rusher freshman, pretty much goes in and beats Clemson by himself. You know, he's filthy. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I got you know Dion number one. Um, yeah, it's no debate. I don't think anyone's going to argue with Dion being number one. I, I, I think Dion made Florida State cool, and you know what he did on, on the field. You know, personally, I think Dion Sanders is a uh, piece of crap as a person. And we'll get into that another day. Um, but in terms of him as a football player, I think that he is uh, far and away an all-time great on any level of, uh, of football. Yeah, like you said, not just on the football field, 
I mean, he did, what he did for Florida State on the baseball diamond, track, he ran track as well. Yeah, and like Los, or like Nate MLB. said, MLB making Florida State cool. He was the guy that put Florida State on the map. Like I mentioned with Charlie, he's the guy that people said, "Oh, that's what I want to be." This has been on this podcast before. There's some some people who thought that basketball was his best sport. He was a a great high school basketball player, too, if you look back at it. And then I was going to mention, too, you know, Austin mentioned Deion Sanders put, you know, Florida State on the map like that. Also put Hear the Spear on the map. He was our first guest (laughs) ever on our first ever episode. Deion Sanders really put Hear the Spear on the map right off the bat, just like that. So, you know, created, I mean, Hear the Spear is not doing too shabby right now. So got to give a little hat tip to our guy primetime over there, who he did say that once uh, he's got to figure out his contract with Barstool, but he does want to come back on here and talk some FSU and football and NFL. So what'd you um, talk to him, Nate? Yeah, yeah Nate, Nate, and Nate and Dion can go at it. I'm sure that would actually go really well. That'd be a difference. <laughs> be just like Carlos. I would back. love to debate with Dion. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Dion. Let me ask you a question, Dion. Why are you such a piece of crap? Why are you? <laughs> 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 uh, hey guys, you guys listen. To hear the spear presented by those game day, sponsored by Chick Fil A, West Tennessee Street, Tallahassee. You guys heard it first here. Uh, <laughs> hey, add, add, add it up, add it up. Hey, this is why we're here for the content. We're here for the content. I'm interested to see if the chat's there. Oh, they're, now the chat's um, starting to come out, and out of nowhere, the chat on YouTube is hanging out with us now. So basketball <laughs> is coming back on Saturday. Um, Wake oh, Forest coming to town. Awesome. What you think about that? I'm crying. Hey. Oh my God. You know, you know who I also want to have back on here is Corey Fuller. Corey Fuller joined us for about like six months on the show. He brought on a lot of guests too and helping that. And he was really great. I just got, I talked with them a couple weeks ago. We got to have Corey Fuller back on here too. Cause he just got like that fit football mentality. He's a funny guy to be around, though. He's a he's real funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find, I'm trying to like but, deter before, what just happened, but I'm bringing it bringing before, it back. Before we jump into basketball, any man, she's great, man. Uh, that was classic, man. That was classic. <laughs> before hey. we jump into basketball, any any arguments from the three that didn't give their list? Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. One guy I wasn't put on there was Leroy Butler. I thought about him too. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of recent guys that like not even since Leroy Butler that made such an impact on Florida State since 2010 that mm-hmm. you, can, you can give a slight argument to. What what, what do you guys think of that list? I th- I think well, your, list your list was good. I just shade tree it sit anything anything under any anything under four. Is, Again, for, for, yeah. for me, it's for me. I fully miss recency bias. It's because it's been, I, my brothers played linebacker. Yeah, and I I, mean, I, I wasn't a defensive guy. Watch linebacker highlights. I did not. I'll be honest. I did not give a damn about defense until Telvin came through. I'm going to be honest. He made it exciting. He did. He was so much fun to watch. He's my favorite Florida State football player ever. Are you growling at me? You should just go watch uh, Shade Tree highlights, man. I'm surprised Corey Mangum didn't make the list. If we're doing a bottom 10, he's number one. Honestly, though, I kid you not, I was sitting in my phone. I was like, I wonder if I can make a not top 10 at Florida State. Yeah, he number one on not top ten. 
Uh, how how was Austin. that kid an All American? Oh, no, JJ Constantino. JJ Constantino. JJ don't count because he no, didn't no, start. No, no, no. I'm mad at Austin because he, if he was smart about it, he would have put at least JJ an honorable mention because of his girlfriend. Because Austin is in love with JJ Constantino's girlfriend. Okay, let's be real. I mean, who's what not? Single man but... of Florida State is not in love with Karina Rosario. Let's I be mean, real. I've never seen her. <laughs> Oh, I've never seen that's it. that's a lot. Let's make sure we get a screenshot to I Nate promise. here, so we can get a live reaction. You Austin, are you right now? Austin, you worked on that podcast. Someone sent me a DM. Whoa, not her. Austin, oh, another <laughs> Austin. I, I have no <laughs> idea who you're talking about. Austin, you give him Nate a screenshot. Dustin, you lead us into basketball. Are we finally back now? It feels like forever. Once again, round two that we don't get to see Florida State basketball play. Are they going to come back as strong like they did in their last break? Like, holy crap! Sounds good, uh, Dustin. He's talking you. To me, Are you Dustin? talking to me? You're yes, giving the Dustin. That's when we know Dustin's not really listening <laughs> to the podcast. That he's on, not just listening, but he's on. Dustin, lead us in while Austin gives a picture of a pretty girl to Nate. And Dustin, lead us into basketball. We're back, baby, finally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been, what, almost two weeks now since Florida State's last game. And they're finally out of the COVID pause going into Saturday afternoon's game against Wake Forest to – has been one of the teams near the bottom of the ACC for most of the conference season. Who did they beat a couple weeks ago, Austin, when they were just hitting threes? Was it? Okay, l- let's be honest. Wake sucks. I don't want to talk about Wake Forest. They've beaten Miami. <laughs> They've beaten Pitt by one after Pete bit after Pitt beat Duke, and they beat Boston College. This team sucks. I don't want to talk about them. Let's talk about Virginia on Monday. <laughs> it, it, it pays to be a quarterback of Florida State. <laughs> Is that your reaction to that is DJ Constantino's girlfriend? Are they still together? Are they still together? I'm looking. I don't at think her. so. What? I don't Wait, think. Wait, so. that's op- That market's open for me and Austin. That market in- is open. Austin, you should send her a picture of your shoe collection. <laughs> I get you in. <laughs> <laughs> I think she wears wears heels. I feel like she's a heel girl because they played softball, going to have nice legs. You're going to show it off a little bit here and there. I can get her in her once. I'm a, I'm a brunette kind of guy. So, I mean, now that I see the market's open, just like the stocks are blowing up, this might be my time. This is, this is your, this is your awesome. Dogecoin? Awesome. There's a competition happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep competition. There's a lot of people in this race. <laughs> Moving on to Virginia, though, Austin, do you think <laughs> this game will be more than 39 to 37? Good argument. I don't know. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be boring to watch. I tried to watch the Virginia-Georgia Tech game last night. Oh, my God. It was And terrible. it was, what, 59 to 47? Yeah. It's, it sucks. Virginia's even worse pace-wise than they were in the past few years. It's bad, man. The only reason last night was even close was because they had five turnovers in the first six minutes. Really, with Virginia, if you're turning them over, if you're hitting threes like Florida State wants to do, you have a good chance of winning. They got smacked by Gonzaga earlier in the year by 20. Uh, they lost to San Francisco early in the year, 60 to 61. But they've grown a lot since then. Trey Murphy's emerged as a really, really good NBA prospect for them. Um, I've talked to a few people who think that's their best. NBA prospect out of all the talent they have there from Jay Huff, Kihei Clark, you know, whoever you want to list. A lot of people really like Trey Murphy there. Um, 
it's it's a good team. Uh, they were my prediction. They were my prediction to win the ACC at the beginning of the year. This is the biggest game of the season for both teams. Just because Duke and Carolina fell off, and because Florida State's gotten no road games this year because of COVID, this is the biggest game for both teams, and they're going to have to play like it on just one day of rest. You know, Florida State's one unknown big Mondays so far. Had that big Louisville win early in the year. Now they're gonna have to do it again against a Virginia team that's that needs this win for a resume. I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. I, yeah, well, I thought, I thought Dustin was gonna talk. Dustin, we are talking basketball. I was about to say Wait. something, but I got a text message right when I looked at my text message. We're fall, we're just falling off the rails. Late I, night I here sphere. I shouldn't Nate's, say it's gonna Nate's be fun. wife like yeah. said something. I don't know. I, I shouldn't say the game's going to be fun because anytime you watch Virginia, it's the definition of not fun. But it, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll put just, it that way. I'm just so glad that like I'm excited for basketball now coming back because I need it. <laughs> Football is like over. I need something to watch. I need I need well like right now this is basketball's time. This is the usually the best time of the year. We're heading into March. Things are starting to rumble. I'm gonna start figuring out my party plans for March Madness. I'm getting the dates down. Is it true that March Madness is starting on a Thursday or Monday? Oh, no, on a Monday? No, no, it's starting on a Monday this year. If I'm correct, if I heard that, that is absolutely. If that is true, I haven't seen that to be honest. But I've also been busy. Usually it starts on a Tuesday. With the first four, usually starts on a Tuesday, and then the first games are like the first real games are on Thursday. If they change that, I'm suing. Uh, okay, I don't. Maybe I was. Listening. It will begin it, on Thursday, March 18th. It, which they need. It's to, they need to coming back. back. Yes, he should be back this weekend, unless he had some setback during practice this week. But he should be back. Hey, I'm hey hey. Just to give y'all, I'm gonna miss March Madness because my wife is not gonna let me attend basketball anymore. Um, she's threatening what? to take me off the computer right now. <laughs> so if you see something jerk me or happen to happen to me, uh, okay. you guys are witnesses on the live stream. Jerk, um, jerk, so, jerk you. Like um, someone take you. Happen, if I happen to leave the meeting, just know, you know why. Oh, this is now, trouble. <laughs> now, when it you say. Because I don't like basketball. <laughs> I mean, getting jerked off the screen. What? You said well, you're getting jerked. Time out. You're getting, about your no, no, Stop it. Stop it. Stop, Stop. Stop it. <laughs> I like basketball. Please believe me. It's not me. <laughs> no, don't worry. We're in it off right now. Didn't, oh, now we just have Virginia preview, right? Or did we already did? I'm. <laughs> I, no one wants to talk about Virginia more than they have to. It's been a mess. Yeah. This, this podcast is over about 10 minutes ago. Okay. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> Nate's um, wife ended the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she's hey. Uh, she I'm happy somebody out. said it but me. Cause she's so hey, that right there, man, that's great. That's great. I'm, I'm still thinking about what she said. That's great right there, man. Oh, great. You don't man. get no better than that. Oh, oh my god. Well, I think that's gonna do it too. It's 10:36. It's late. We know now that here the spirit can't go past 10 o'clock. So we figured that out. That's why hopefully next week we'll be back at 8:30. I think I can say the guest. I'll just say L.A. Charger, L.A. Charger. We'll just throw that out there. L.A. Charger is going to be joining us. Oh, man. Next week. Bolt up, baby. Bolt up. Bolt up, baby. Bolt up. Bolt up. I'm excited uh, to have him on. I, I don't know if I can really say it. I don't have the double confirmation, so I won't do that. I'm going to start to stay professional. But um, next week, we'll be having him on, hopefully. And that's going to pretty much do it. You can always listen to Hear the Spear on iTunes. And just remember, before you sign off, 
Travis Hunter, number one player in the 2020 class. Please come on the podcast. Did you, did you get him to respond yet to come on the pod? Not yet. Wow. Working on it. Right now, it's hot. Travis Hunter, come on the podcast. Uh, as a, as a busy, busy man. Keep, put, keep putting the gas. Camera. Keep putting the gas on the fire, baby. With the guests coming on, man. We've been hot lately, even though it's been two weeks. But uh, <laughs> shout out to EJ Manuel. Thanks for listening. You can listen on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify. Hit that subscribe button, guys. If you're listening on iTunes right now, we haven't had a new rating in so long. I'm desperately, desperately. Uh, crying for one right here. I'm just sitting here with tears coming down my face. If you could Click, give us a review, leave five stars. Lowe's, tell them to hit a five-star rating. Tell them right now. Listen, going fast forward to Nate's wife comment, and boom. <laughs> That's primetime radio, people. <laughs> five-star, baby. Five stars, baby. Thank I don't, you know, guys I don't so know if they let you say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Nowadays, you never know. Yeah, I'll do. A, I'll do a review. How do I do it? You haven't even done one for us, you asshole. <laughs> I, bet, I bet none of them on here. I bet none of them on this show have either. So that's nothing new. That'd be Dustin's first time for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's evening. We'll see y'all next week at eight thirty Thursday night. Appreciate y'all. Deuces. Same color t-shirt. Mama told me not to sell work.